Welcome to the Cincy Postcast. I'm your host, Kevin Wallace. And before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Cincy Shirts. Look, you love Cincy Shirts. You know Cincy Shirts. They've been with FC Cincinnati from the very beginning. We are big fans of their work here at The Post. but We are so happy to have them as a sponsor of the postcast look if you go over to cincyshirts.com and check out with the promo code the post cincy that's all one word all caps you will get 10 percent off your order and you let them know that you got it from us that would be really really helpful look they have mls and mlspa licensed fcc gear that's available online or actually in two different retail locations in hyde park and fort mitchell and guess what the promo code does work in store again the post cincy all one word all caps. And the best part about the in-store locations is that if they don't have your size on the shelf, well, they can print one for you on the spot. So again, cincyshirts.com slash the post or just use the post cincy, all one word, all caps. When you check out to get 10% off your order, that's on any gear that they offer. And thank you again to Cincy Shirts for supporting this episode. And on this episode, we are talking that New England Revolution match two versus one, a thrilling game, but a bit of a heartbreaking draw. Good result, bad result. How confident do we feel if New England is the second best team in the league? And then in part two, a little bit of a uh, grab bag potpourri, as it were. We're talking Brenner. We're talking 4th of July. And that's going to be your postcast. And joining me to talk about all of that and more are two gentlemen who also survived the parking apocalypse this weekend. Gentlemen, I'm glad to see your smiling faces here. We survived. Grayson, how did you escape this weekend without the weight of Taylor Swift fans crushing the street into the unfinished subway beneath? Um... I don't know. You know, I, I went out for happy hour on Friday and Dangerous. I went to the Lackman on, on Vine street and sat out on the sidewalk and it was very fun to see, um, you know, the, all the, the folks walking to, uh, the Taylor Swift show, because I guess they had been told by the local media to like park North of OTR Right. Uh, so parking was tight around my neighborhood, but since I don't really like drive anywhere, it didn't affect me. Nice. Um, <laughs> and then on Saturday, I got to be honest, I didn't notice it. Yeah. Yeah. I was the same way. I found my same normal parking spot, which is weirdly right next to Northern Row. It's never been taken in two years. Love it. Free. And yeah, I, I mean, there were like more people walking around downtown than I, I wouldn't have expected, but otherwise it felt normal. Chief, how did you escape this weekend here? <laughs> I uh, packed the car up and I headed about 90 miles, 95 miles to the west. And went to two nights of a different concert out in Indiana. 
because I needed to get away from the incessant media coverage of Taylor Swift. Okay, I get it. <laughs> she's a multi-platinum artist. She's very talented. Some of her songs are very catchy, but it is absurd that I went on the Inquirer's website on Friday night, or sorry, yeah, Friday night, Saturday morning, and every story was something about the Taylor Swift concert. Here's the secret <laughs> song that she did. What goes into bringing a concert like Taylor Swift to Cincinnati? A review of the show. Somebody said, without irony, in a, in a newspaper, it was the greatest night they had ever experienced in Cincinnati. Wow. Like, and this was every station. They had they had reporters inside who were just being paid to watch a concert and do three live hits. What a great gig. Um, <laughs> they had people outside covering the people outside the Taylor Swift concert. They had people like at Fountain Square covering people walking back from the Taylor Swift concert. This isn't that big of a fucking deal. I I had the thought that this is r like real bad small city energy that we're putting out there. Yeah. That like sh we've had other musical acts come to Cincinnati. We we have like concert venues and and big stars all the time. Like I, yeah. a, a stadium tour is a little unique, but Paul McCartney Paul, came. Paul McCartney like, played it. One of the Beatles <laughs> played here and sold out Great American Ballpark. They didn't have wall-to-wall -wall coverage of whatever the fuck was going on down at the banks when that went ha that happened. Like, <laughs> what am I missing here? You know, I, I also feel like I'm missing something. Like, when did Taylor Swift become this big? Right. You know, like... It's like she's the Pope. <laughs> I don't think the Pope would sell out two nights at, at Paul Brown Stadium. Um, the, so I've actually I've actually seen Taylor Swift in concert. Whoa. Uh, in in 2007. <laughs> I um I was working at a I was working at Clear Channel. And uh, I was an intern. And one of the stations I interned for was a country station. So. Seems to fit you. I had to work. <laughs> I had to work an event at a bar where Taylor Swift was there signing autographs. And then they made her sing happy birthday to our country station in the wow. bar. And <laughs> like basically nobody showed up to this thing. It was because she was the she wasn't the main act of the of the concert. It was a George Strait concert. And Ronnie Millsap was opening for George Strait. And Taylor Swift was opening up for Ronnie Millsap. Wow. So, <laughs> um, and then they, they threw us, they threw us some free tickets and it was at Nationwide Arena. And I got to say, like, it was not, it was like two thirds full. <laughs> it's just very strange to be like, this is my memory of, of Taylor Swift as, you know, work like staffing an autograph table for like 30 people watching her sing <laughs> happy birthday to a local Columbus country station. And then Ta seeing, happy birthday, seeing Taylor's version and then having her be the act that people are skipping because they only care to see like George Strait or right. maybe Ronnie Millsap. <laughs> and now it's 
I don't know. She's like, she's got, she's got crowds the size of Trump's. <laughs> millions it's, it's a and millions. At least. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, to be clear, we are not the target demographic of Taylor Swift fandom. I don't think I could be wrong. Look, I've said it before and I'll, I'll stick with this. Lady Gaga makes better pop songs. Lady Gaga makes better country songs. And I'm Ooh. not even a, I'm not even like a hater. I like plenty of Taylor Swift songs. I just don't. I'm not. I don't know. It, it feels it feels overboard first because it'd be one thing if it was just like, oh, this is another popular artist who sells out a stadium. But this is like this is she's right now the only. Musician. Right. Right. Like, I went to go see Ed Sheeran in Tampa. He sold out Raymond James Stadium. They did not have the local news providing wall-to-wall coverage of Ed's visit to Tampa. Like, nobody gave a shit. It was a great show, but nobody cares. The fact that this shut the city down in terms of media coverage, it, it, it almost is like it felt like we were watching like a religious revival or something like that. That this was, like you said, the Pope. It had that same kind of energy. Or the same kind of energy other small countries get when the president visits, where it's like everything is all about. Um, I don't know if you've seen the show Dairy Girls, but they do an episode where Bill Clinton visits Ireland in the 90s. And it was that kind of energy, except she's a pop star. <laughs> you know, there are some people who believe that there is no current pope because um, I don't it's not worth going into. But if you if you believe there is no current pope, then like based on this reaction, you have to at least be wondering if she became like pope by acclamation over the weekend. Pope Taylor the first. <laughs> we, we do have enough Catholics in the greater Cincinnati area. And I feel like we could start something. People don't talk enough about the fact that Benedict is still alive and like he just, you know, is the Pope still, but not really the Pope? They sort of pushed him away because nobody liked him. It's just, he's waiting. He's biding <laughs> his time. For what? I don't know, but he's waiting. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I am happy to see that we survived. I, uh, yeah, I, I got down, uh, down and over the Rhine very early yesterday, walked around, had drinks at, at many different bars that I don't normally do uh, before the game, and then made my way to Northern Row. And yeah, it was a very normal game day from that perspective. So that was nice. Although there was a point somewhere right before we went to Northern Row where I realized Twitter wasn't working right on my phone. I don't I don't know if anybody else got to enjoy this this piece of uh I don't know, this update to to Twitter here. But yeah, we're uh, we're getting hard camped. We're being told to touch grass by the owner of Twitter. Um, <laughs> this is this is detrimental to the Post's brand. And uh, Chief, I have to imagine it was tough following the game with a limited Twitter. Assuming you hit your cap. I don't know your Twitter consumption habits here. Uh, I'm chronically online. I and assumed yes, it made It made it very difficult to follow the game. I would only get like text messages from people. Uh, that was awesome. And I'm like, sure. And then what the fuck? Which... You know, going back and watching the game later, I did learn exactly where each one of these ones were coming from. But uh, 
But yeah, if um if Elon could stop fucking this up, I would really appreciate it because the old bird app is a tremendously useful thing for following sports. And when it goes away, there's not a great replacement, it turns out. <laughs> or even a theory for one. And Grayson, what do you what, what thoughts thoughts on Twitter limiting uh, our reach here? Specifically, I'm thinking the post only has a Twitter account. Should we diversify our investments here? If somebody if somebody has a blue sky code, can you send it to the post? Please. Um, <laughs> I think we would like that. But um, I actually haven't. I've seen more people complaining about the Twitter limits than because I don't think I've hit a Twitter limit yet since they were put in place. But the one functionality yeah. that I have not been able to use is seeing like any quote tweet quote tweets. Mm. It seems like every time I click a quote tweet, it says tweets are not loading right now, even though yeah. I can see them like just on my feed. And yeah. that was disappointing to me because and maybe we can get into this later. But uh, Pat Brennan had a tweet about Brenner that had some quote tweets on it. And I really wanted to see the quote tweets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't been able to see the quotes. Also, uh, translate tweet is dead, as far as I can tell. Uh, that really hurts the international rumors mill. Uh, that's going to be tough to to manage that one. Um, I did see that the the limit was lifted, or I should say raised, late last night. So depending on how online you've been this morning, you might not have seen it, but by this evening, I suspect all of us will have hit our limits again. Um, yeah, I'm rationing, I'm rationing my internet <laughs> use until later tonight when the U.S. plays. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, God, that, that'll probably be the healthiest the online discourse will have ever been for a, a U.S. men's national team game. Yeah, um, Elon's about to get nine bucks out of me so I can fire off those national team tweets. <laughs> He may win this round. <laughs> oh, well, if people have a, uh, a recommendation for where we should plant our second flag as a uh, as an outlet on social media, let us know. Um, and I do want people to game this. If like if we want to start a new MySpace account, I'm I'm open to it. If Friendster still has a website, I'm open to it. Where people want to send us, we will go. So please let us know just, where you want just, where you want just it to don't, be. Don't recommend. Instagram. None of us are photogenic, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to have to make or a TikTok. That would make no. me sad. No. <laughs> we can't do uh, TikTok because uh, there's there's too many too many Swifties on there. That's true. That's how they get and you. And also, I'm sure we would end up on some list. Yeah. Have to like go to some go tell our neighbor. <laughs> if you're an adult <laughs> on TikTok, you should have to go knock on your neighbor's doors. And, but you should have to knock um, on them while you're doing a dance at the same time with no music in the background. You have to record like, it really awkward. I'm legally required to inform you that I'm on I'm on TikTok and I'm I'm, I'm over 30 years TikTok. old. <laughs> I'm either up to no good or knowingly giving all of your data as well to the Chinese government. Because I mean I think you should I think you should know if one of your neighbors is a singing family. Like, you know, the people on Twitter where they make their kids perform like song and dance routine for likes. That's that's something you should know about someone before you go to a block party or like a, you know, a neighborhood grill out. <laughs> very, very red flag. <laughs> oh, God. Well, 
Oh, uh, you've seen you've seen the, we've all seen the videos of the people going up to like the coffee shop and singing oh their orders. Yes. Jail. Yeah. Right. Jail. Right. Straight to jail. <laughs> no, it should be legal for like the person working there. If you force a service employee to deal with your bullshit making a oh. TikTok, they should be able to hit you with like a stone cold stunner or something like that. It should just be legal. Or if they want to beat you with whatever they use to work with. So, like, if the barista wants to take one of those metal foaming mugs and just <laughs> smack somebody over the fucking head with it when they start dancing, I think that should and not only be legal, but that should be more viral on TikTok than any of these dances and shit like that. Yeah, I have I have complicated views on uh, on gun control, but I could totally get behind a sort of unrestricted one punch rule for everybody. Just like. You get one punch for a day, and if somebody does something bad, we we all agree like, hey, whoa, he uses one punch, like it's okay, like and we move on. He throws two or three punches, whoa, that's a little aggressive. Let's let's talk. But well, I appreciate now that we're not using knives, so <laughs> I'll walk it back slowly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm gen I'm I'm generally nonviolent and you know support you know non-aggression, but. Sometimes I do think that more people should have just a slightly greater fear. Bingo. <laughs> that somebody's going to walk up to them and, and punch them in the face for whatever they're doing. That's exactly it. <laughs> just a Guns little bit too greater. permanent. Like, yeah. no, not like, and just a, just like a punch, you yep. know, not like an escalated thing. And I'm not saying it should be common. Right. Just there seems to be in the back of your mind. The thing where, like, if I act insane right now, somebody might punch me. Right. <laughs> this has been um, on a pardon my take. This has been Big Cat's theory that all professional athletes should once per year be allowed to invite a, or tell a fan they have to come down to the court of the field so that they can be punched. So that, like, <laughs> if you're really heckling someone at an NBA game or, you know, you're really on someone – that like if that athlete hasn't used their one punch for the year, it's like you get down here. Come on. You want to talk some shit? Now you're about to find out what the consequences of this are, which could lead to some like electric moments late in the season where it's like, oh, LeBron hasn't used his one punch yet. There's only two games remaining. Some unlucky fan tonight's really not going to enjoy their time at the game. <laughs> I, I thought that was going in a slightly different direction. Uh, Katie Nolan, uh, I think a year or two ago now, um, took a bunch of uh, fans who were tweeting mean tweets at kickers for missing kicks, and she invited them down to kick field goals, and none of them could kick field goals, and it was really nice. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, let's get into this game, shall we? I don't have a great transition uh, from that to this. I was, waiting to see if, I was waiting to see if you had one. I, was, I don't. I was... I don't. <laughs> Speaking Sometimes... of kickers, let's kick it over to this recap. Yeah, hey, there we are. Uh... No, that was D.C. had the affiliation with the Richmond Kickers. All right, all right, all right. Uh, New England Revolution comes to town. An exciting battle of one versus two in the Supporters' Shield standings. And I would say the last time these teams played, it was a hard-fought, nasty draw that I think we were very disappointed to end up with, uh, given how that went. This game, I will say... I think lived up to the billing of a 1v2 
uh, game overall. This was this was a fun game, especially as an FC Cincinnati fan. We were on the front foot for most of the game. Um, and the lineup here, no surprises given what we know about where everybody's health and international status was. Uh, so Roman Celentano in goal with Bariel, Gaddis, Mosquera, Hagland, Arias off to the right, Angulo, Wobodo, Acosta in the midfield, Kubo, Baji up top. Now I say that, and as I'm reading this, I remember Grayson, we had talked about this briefly, the back line, the debate was, do you put Gaddis on the left or Powell on the right? That seemed to be the only options. Thoughts on Gaddis? Uh, I mean, I I generally like what Gaddis brings to the to the table. Um, I could see why you would want, and I think we talked about this in the last episode. Like, I could see why you would want Mascara centrally mm-hmm. instead of instead of Hagland. And we saw, you know, a lot of of that in the yeah. game. Um, not the first time this season, I think that Gaddis has let a ball just slightly go <laughs> over his head and given up a goal. <laughs> are, are his eyes going in his old age? Is he misjudging long distances now? Well, I, the, I did see a, uh, a headline about that. If we still do headlines on this podcast when Jonah's we not do. around. Okay, Even though we're missing Jonah. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, Taylor Swift fans monthly. I need to pray harder for a jump button. Ray Gaddis shares lessons learned from first half defensive miscue. Aw, yep. It was one of those moments where if the entire game went exactly the same, but if you could just sub in Matt Miazga's frame right there, he's just a little bit taller, and it totally changes that play. Or Ian Murphy's. Right, or Ian Murphy there. And yeah, you you miss that center back depth. Or it's not... Yeah. Just not what you're looking for right there in that moment. Um, yeah. And he doesn't even jump either. It's like he's a little too short for the ball, also doesn't leap. And it's just, it's a natural situation where that's a, he just doesn't have the instincts to play that spot in that moment right there. And that's where you are missing Murphy or you're missing Miazga, just a person where it's their first instinct is, I'm looking to stop the over the top ball, um, jump. Judge that in the air. He had a good game other than that, though, I thought. Um, it just sucks that that was kind of his one moment where we needed him. Yeah. I didn't yeah. think overall he was as good as he was against Toronto. Yeah. And even that, that moment aside, but I don't think, I know it was, we'll go into it, but I don't, I don't really, I, I don't feel compelled to really give anybody a hard time for how they played. Yeah. Yeah, I think in general, everybody did well. Um, looking at FOP Mob player ratings, they were particularly harsh on Gaddis and Angulo, I think. Um, gave them the two worst scores. Salentano, not great scores either, actually. Um, but yeah, overall, I thought this was good. Uh, looking across the way at New England, we knew they were missing guys, but Petrovic, uh, Heel, and Bo all playing. That's. That's their game plan, is to rely on great goalkeeping and Carlos Young and Gustavo Bo to score goals. And sure enough, that's basically how the game plan went. They absorbed pressure and were able to uh, hit on the break with 
really good attacking players there. Um, I mean, Latif Blessing I mean, you and, say, and Matt Polster. Yeah. Yeah, you say they able to, you know, superior offensive players. For the most part, though, they were kept in check by the back line and the midfield. It wasn't like you watched this game and Heal and Bo had the defense under siege all night and it was just a matter of time. Um, I know you guys were both at the game, but on the broadcast, they said repeatedly the analysis was being given, and I agree with it, that these were self-inflicted goals by FC Cincinnati, that mm-hmm. both of the two goals that were scored are more what Cincinnati didn't do on each individual play versus what New England did. And in the second half, they looked completely non-threatening. I think their only decent chance came off of play that was two steps, three steps off sides. Other than that, there wasn't a lot that they offered in this game. And, you know, this is another one of those where it, I, I think that looking at the lineups, taking a big picture look at things before we get granular about it, this is a game where you are disappointed with the result of a draw because this is a game that you out, I think they outplayed New England for the overwhelming majority of this game. The XG favors an FC Cincinnati win. And you got to hand it to the back line. I mean, it's missing as many pieces as they are currently, where, you know, you think that Miazga is a lock-on starter. Murphy has probably worked his way to become a starter at this point. It's missing two starters off the back line to basically not concede any great offensive chances from New England. I think it's a job well done. You have to be happy with that. Yeah, I agree. I think before we go into, like, what went wrong... On the two goals we gave up, maybe we should talk about the first goal that FC Cincinnati scored. Absolutely. More than happy to talk about that one. So, yeah, if we want to start going through the uh, the game here, I mean, they had the first great opportunity of the game uh, early on, but it was not much later. Uh, what are we, the 11th minute or so? Uh, Marco Angulo steps up and stuffs what, I think would have been a goal, in my opinion. It was such a clean uh, opportunity, like right at the top of the box that was just getting queued up for them. Um, He steps up, blocks it, gets the ball out to Kubo, runs down the field, and has one of the best passes in a year of Lucho highlight passes. One of his best passes over to Kubo. Kubo does a great job snaking around uh, his defender to pick up the ball uh, perfectly, just perfectly weighted, perfectly balanced, and uh, back over to Baji, who just slots it uh, past um, Petrovic. It was just such a clean, smooth, counterattacking goal. It was a very 2022 goal of FCC. We used to do a lot of hit on the counter really, really fast, really, really hard. Um, I feel like we hate, we've gotten away from that a little bit this year. And yeah, Kubo well-earned assist, but this is one of those moments where you do kind of have to tip your cap to MLS for tracking the MLS assist because Kubo's pass is absolutely worth recording somewhere (laughs) in some statistical measures somewhere. Lucho's Um, pass. Yeah, Lucho's pass. Sorry, Lucho's pass. So, so good there. Um, Yeah, what what was impressive about it, and you called out all the players, right? mm -hmm. You know... um, Angulo, Lucho, Kubo, and Baji all did really well at various aspects of that play. I mean, Angulo, I think it was Angulo was still making a run in between Lucho and Kubo. 
Hmm. And um, there would have been like a very plausible pass to Angulo right there. But like, it really is what, and that would have, that could have also maybe been fine. And I think a lot of players would have played that pass. But like you said, what makes Lucho and these top, top players special is they have the vision and the uh, confidence to make maybe, well, make a harder pass that puts the ball in a much more dangerous position for Kubo making his run. Yeah. Um, and then obviously Baji uh, making a really impressive run while that play is happening to get in front of the defender and make what looks like a pretty challenging finish. Yeah. Cause he has to, cause he has to, you know, get to the ball before the defender and also sweep it to the back post, you know, facing yeah. away from goal. It, yeah. It's, and it's incredibly complicated and difficult to do that. Yeah. Chief. And, um, not for nothing. That's like one of the best balls I've seen Kubo ever play in terms of getting it to Baji where there was no daylight between Baji and the defender at all. There's one spot that that pass can be in that's going to result in the goal scoring chance and Kubo makes that pass. And when we were talking about this season and this run of games where they were going to be missing Brandon Vasquez and before Bapenza shows up, the question was who was going to step up and produce on offense. And this was a great game from Baji in terms of confidence and scoring goals. And I think it was Kubo's best game that he's played in a while, too, in terms of being part of a free-flowing offensive form that looked dangerous and looked creative. Because what's been missing, I think, this year from a lot of the offenses is creativity from people not named Lucho or Alvaro. And this was a very creative game, I think, for the remainder of the offense. So big step up against big time competition. Yeah. No, it, fantastic moment. And yeah, it it hit every player that we, we needed to step up. Like you said, it was it was a really, really good play. Uh, and before, I mean, I think Shalala had just ended is when Dominic Bocci strikes again uh, this side uh, on the other side of the uh, the field. Now this is a a freak accident. I I mean the they they gave they gave these guys too much time to set up but otherwise Roman makes a diving save directly onto the foot of Dom Baji it then uh it deflects back into the goal but it did it so slow that Baji had a moment to try to save it and it was just this sad desperate like sliding over the head kick thing that was just never going to work, but it was really sad to watch it. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot I don't think to take away from this, unless there was a uh, a headline anybody found about the uh, the own goal. But it was just a freak accident. And the thing that I keep coming back to is this was a a two two game. They get back into it on this own goal. The difference in this game, in my opinion, is the own goal. If the, I mean, you can play the if. Or, or whatever game all you want, but a, a few inches here or there on a diving save, and this is a very different game. It doesn't bounce directly back into the goal, or Roman has time to make make a save on it. Um, yeah, just super frustrating and deflating. 
Yeah, the 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 hard part is it's it's considered an own goal on Dom Baji, but really watching it back, it's very much on Roman Celentano. Um, that's a ball he needs to do better with, and where Baji is positioned, he's parrying it back into danger. On that, yeah. that's the kind of thing we used to get uh, on Vermeer about, so that even if Baji isn't there and this deflection doesn't go in the net. He's pushing it right back into the center of play into a very dangerous opportunity for another player. So, I mean, I think that you really have to go back and say that that's not a difficult stop for a major league soccer goalkeeper. And that ball needs to be pushed to the side. And I think that that's really where the fault lies. I get these are split second reactions, but that's one where I think Celentano would even say that he needs to do better on that. And it sucks that that's the moment that makes the difference on what was otherwise a very pedestrian offensive opportunity for New England. Yeah, that was my reaction too. that if Baji's not there. It's it seemed pretty likely that 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 would have ended up as a goal anyway, because of where where Roman batted the ball to. And. You know. I, but you know, also it's very possible that any other time that ball gets cleared out and you just, you hate to, you hate to see it because, <laughs> you know, it's not like a goal that they earned, you know, by run of play or anything, they should, yeah. the FC Cincinnati deserved to give up. It was just a, it was just a fluky mistake. Yeah. yeah. It's a St. Lu- St. Louis City type goal. Yeah. 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 It's like they, they're hoarding all of the luck like that. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but before we get to the uh, before we get to the halftime, um, one Gustavo Bo scores his goal. We've talked quite a bit about this, but um, that was the one. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. That's the one where uh, they absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Cheezle. I am all over the place here. Yeah, where Gaddis, if he's two inches taller, that's that's not a goal, or at least it's played out a little differently. Uh, buries it in the back of the net. Not much you can do. And uh, Baji actually pointed this out uh, in the post game comments. This became the first time FCC had even been trailing at home this year. All competitions, uncharted territory for the orange and blue going into halftime. I. <sighs> What's what's the what's the feeling halftime, Grayson? Well, I read the tweet from our friend Carter. Okay. That FC Cincinnati had never come back to win a game where they were trailing at halftime. Mm. So, you know, we did know based on history that they were gonna have to do something they've never done to keep the home winning streak going. That said, given a lot of the opportunities that they had um, not finished in the first half. Um, I did not look at the halftime XG or anything, but it really felt like they had already left at least another goal or two uh, on the field that they just didn't finish. Um, I was confident that that they that 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 they would score again, and I was looking forward to you know you know having Sergio Santos back. 
as a as a as a sub uh, for some more offense. So that's where my head was at. Yeah, I didn't want to get too far past this, though. I did see oh, a headline please. about that uh, second Gustavo goal. Um, this was in the famous Idaho potato as seen on TV. Boa flexes on FCC defense after Ray Gattis error. Nice. <laughs> Spectators left saying sham. Wow. <laughs> um, in terms of how I felt at halftime, well, I wasn't watching the game. So by the time I got to halftime watching it, I already knew the outcome. Looking at this game, though, uh, the chances were all there for FC Cincinnati. Yeah. So even not knowing the even knowing the outcome, I was curious. Um, I knew they were going to score again, but just it, I was curious how they weren't going to win because it seemed like the greater yes. majority of chances were FC Cincinnati's. Lucho looked dangerous. Barrial looked dangerous. I disagree categorically with Thought Mob on the Angulo ratings. I thought this was another great game from Angulo. Yeah, there was good. There was good motion of the ball all over the final third. Um, Arias, I thought was playing well too. So it was like, yeah. Um, this is what you want to see out of a 1v2 matchup. You want to see your, your team playing better than their team. And there was, a, there was a demonstrable difference in quality on the field between FC Cincinnati and New England where I don't know how you wouldn't feel confident of them coming back on this one. Yeah. And that's what it felt like in the stadium, at least from from my seats where uh, uh, my buddy turned to me at halftime. So we're winning this effing game like like it was just like all of the energy was going FCC's way. The crowd was into it. Yeah. You know, the own goal was a freak accident. And sure, um, you know, Bo's a good player, but like everything was going FCC's way. And. That is how the second half played out for the most part, that this was FCC uh, driving and driving and driving and constantly applying pressure. And uh, Petrovic is a very good goalkeeper, but it was all FC Cincinnati leading up to Dom Baji's second or third goal of the evening uh, <laughs> assisted by Lucho. And it was just such a, a, a wonderful cap on his, on his evening and is one of the only times you see a player well-deserving of a man of the match award give up the own goal, which I love. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, it was well, well done by Baji. Yeah. I saw a headline in Broadway world about, uh, <laughs> about his game. Uh, so Dami, Vasquez's hair apparent shows attack has got life, leaving fans saying they believe in Dom. They believe in Dom Baji. <laughs> that Broadway world loves us. They they've got an editor <laughs> out there that is just tickled pink every time they get asked to to edit these stories. Um, I love so Dami, so bad. <laughs> so bad <laughs> i was looking uh, I, so i looked this up because i was curious if there was a missed pun in there but unfortunately baji is not an aquarius oh, <laughs> oh tough scenes it could have worked um yeah i loved i love baji's touch 
to get around the defender, like his composure to know that he had uh, another moment or, or the space to to take the one touch, put it on his other foot and slot it in. I mean, I, I really want to see how he plays with Bupenza. I think mm-hmm. that's that's what's going to happen. I don't know how you just immediately plug in Vasquez. <laughs> so that well, that's a question, right? I mean, I. <laughs> I think they they still probably got to be thinking Bupenza and Vasquez are their strike part is their strike partnership, right? But Baji's got to be giving you some some second thoughts about how you use rotation. Uh, Santos looked really good when he was healthy early in the year as well. Mm-hmm. They all bring different things. What's the strike? What's the striker depth chart going to look like? You know, post Gold Cup. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, though, I mean, I don't want to get this was a great game from Dom Baji. The second goal in particular, quick reaction, quick shot. You love to see the confidence of the take. And he had other good oppor- He had another good opportunity earlier that uh, Petrovic just made a great save on where he set the one V one one V one. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's just a great uh, singular great play by Petrovic where he probably scores on half the other goalkeepers in this league. Having said that. We weren't too, well, it wasn't too long ago, in fact, that, uh, I mean, shit, it was just the last game where we were saying Baji came up small when this team needed something on offense versus DC United. And I understand there's different circumstances, different ways that people are defended. But for me, I love seeing this out of Baji. The consistency just isn't there. For me to say that this guy is should be challenging Vasquez for minutes right now. Um, I think it's great to have options coming off the bench, but I would need to see this type of play from Don Baji more consistently before I was ready to start questioning whether or not Vasquez needs to, you know, be conceding some minutes to him. Especially if Vasquez, I mean, he's already scored one goal in the gold cup. And it's not his fault that his usage is shit. So Hopefully, you know, he benefits from the pairing from Bepenza. I'm happy that Baji's playing well. Just I don't think the consistency is there to say he's anything more than a reserve depth piece. You don't think that Baji's play has given you maybe a little more opportunities early in games to say, you know, Brandon's not finding this game. Let's let's put, you know, Baji in at the 55 and see if he can bring something different. Maybe, but in terms of like, we need to question whether or not Vasquez should be immediately slotted back into the lineup. I think that's a premature take. Oh, for right sure, now. I agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I I only I say that because I think Baji over this last month has been more consistent than we've seen Vasquez this year. And I, but I do recognize at a minimum, regardless of on field play, FCC has a financial interest in at the very least putting Vasquez in the shop window and giving him opportunities and hoping for the best this winter, if not this summer. Um, but I, I don't know, man. My, my memories of Vasquez on this team while he's been gone forever, it feels like he was not good. Like there have been times where like, Baji's been absent, like the DC game, but like Vasquez was actively bad in a handful of those games. I don't, I don't want that to go <laughs> unremembered here for no, a I, moment. I, I don't disagree <laughs> with you either, but it's also 
you know, in terms of giving the devil his due with Brandon Vasquez, we said repeatedly on this show, he was getting into good positions to score. It just was the finished product that was the problem. And, you know, not for nothing, he's got a history of being dominant in the last calendar year where the upside is so much higher for continuing to play him and hoping that he plays his way back into whatever form he was in last year. But credit where credit is, great game from Baji this week. And the fact that he has a game like this makes you ask questions about things, at least. And Baji gives you something to think about. This is this is this is a little premature, right? But I think Baji might be out of. I think he's out of contract this year. Yeah, um, I'd be surprised if there was another option. I don't know if that's been reported or not. Um, but he does give you something to think about about how do you view the post Vasquez and Brenner uh, strike core. Yeah, you know, for for next year, right? I mean, Bupenza obviously will be coming in, and if he's, you know, what we what we think he is, right? Yeah. Well, okay, our our guy is settled, right? But what's what's the rest of it look like? You know, you have Santos, I think, still under contract. Kubo's out of contract this year. Baji's out of contract, I believe. You know. Is Baji enough to think, yes, we're comfortable bringing this guy back? Yeah. You know, and he gives us what we need as a number two or number three striker for next year. Right. Or not. I don't know. Because the setup is always going to have to be with this team, unless MLS changes its rules, which, you know, watch this space, (laughs) that you're always, you're going to probably want a DP striker paired with a TAM striker, where if Bapenza is really what, you know, he's being claim to be and what we hope he is then it frees you to spend a little less money on that second striker because it's someone who's going to live and eat off what Bapenza is doing so i don't know how much Baji is making right now off the top of my head but it might be i think it's a significant amount of money actually i think it's uh, in the neighborhood of half a million a year yeah yeah so the price is right i'm not opposed to it at this point we'll see how the rest of the season plays out which is yeah. not a crazy number for a um, third striker. For a striker in MLS, yeah. Yeah. For bring, even like a part time starter. Bring Loka home. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at a minimum, you got to assume one of Baji and Kubo is not coming back unless one of them decides to take a significant pay cut. Baji does have an option for 2024. Yeah, there we go. I was also going to say the release. So we 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 do have the option of just exercising that for next year. I was going to say it was last year going into this year where we thought that was it for Baji and Kubo as it was, and they came back. So let's not rule anything out. Stop. Right now, I'm just I'm just assuming <laughs> Yuya Kubo will be playing here till I retire from watching soccer. I mean, he's versatile, right? Like, if he if his he likes it should be his nickname should be the option because <laughs> he's an option at five different positions and perpetually has another one on his fucking contract. <laughs> Does he have a player exclusive option? Maybe that's what happened. I don't know. I, we don't have to go back over that again. Yeah, Gerard <laughs> signed him to a contract in order to get him here. It was a lifetime contract where he could exercise the option as long as he wanted to. Every year, at the end of every year, you ask Yuyakubo if he wants to get paid a million dollars to play soccer, and he says yes. Yes. <laughs> he yes, says thank you. He says hi. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, there is a uh, there's a Japanese professional footballer who is playing in Portugal now who I want to say is like 44 years old. He's just he won't stop. He's very good by all accounts, but he's in like the Portuguese second division at this point in his career. So maybe there's a future where Kubo is indeed here forever. Um, well, speaking be, of uh, what would you oh, what would you all right hold on what would you please. do with a player like that? Imagine that like Nightcamp does this. He signed Kubo to a contract where it is a player option every year, and he can just choose to make one point five million dollars in perpetuity. Like, what would you do to get out from that? Because you couldn't, could you can't buy you can't buy it out, right? Because it has to be in his last year of his deal, and that's ne- he never is in the you, last year of his deal. You can buy out contracts that are not in the last year. Josie Altador was bought out, and he had a cut a contract through next year. Um, when does he have to exercise the option? Can he exercise thirty options in a row in one hour? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, like, you may have to. You may have to do like a uh, the fan type of thing, like exercise alternative <laughs> forms of pressure. Right, Kevin uh, on the field with a knife. It just, I the the Mets just celebrated Bobby Bonilla Day. I that's what made me think. Of, that's, that's honestly what made me think about this when you said that. I was like, oh god, because there's going to be. I learned we're also going to have Mookie Betts Day to look forward to in the future because mm. I think the Dodgers are going to be paying him until 2043. Oof. On the way his contract is structured. Oof. I, for what it's worth in baseball, Bobby Bonilla, smart deal by the Mets. Like, if you can get a player to agree to that, you have to, right? So, I don't Infl- know. It's very fun to poke fun killing. at He's just well, killing that. Robert. <laughs> Robert Bonilla. <laughs> oh, that's true. Um, no, but speaking of strikers, uh, Sergio Santos and Archimedes Ardonias were the first subs in uh, for FCC. I I don't think either one of them were. Uh, Ordonias wasn't great. I think Santos looked good. Santos had moments where he he, he turned on the afterburners again and and beat them to balls, but. Santos is a guy like even if he's not doing like otherwise great, his speed is always there. Yeah, right. You know, it just doesn't go away. And Ordonias did have a moment where he styled on uh, a New England player or two, and it led to like a near chance. So I'm I'm going to give him credit for that. Yeah, fair. He he was out there trying stuff. I also realized we passed over this. It probably bears talking about here. 51st minute, Carlos Gil gets a yellow card for simulation after a a a smart slide tackle by Santiarius. Um I've subsequent, not gone back. Sub, subsequent replays show Arias 1000% clipped him in the back leg. <laughs> it was uh it was a horrendous call. It's yeah. not quite as bad as the check for a VAR red on Wobodo on his yellow card, which was utterly absurd. But um, yeah, I would I would be willing to bet that that yellow card will be rescinded midweek by whatever corrupt community takes care of doing those sorts of things. If they didn't rescind Wobodo's yellow card against St. Louis, where the replay showed. He was nowhere near fouling the guy. 
they can't rescind this in in my opinion like which is right. why i said the corrupt people that do this will <laughs> yeah. rescind this um but the other thing is um i actually liked him getting it even though he was fouled because it was he had engaged in simulation several times earlier in the game including one time where he was in the box and he grabbed his face yes. and went down yes and so he did deserve it <laughs> if not for in this moment and i think this should happen more yes i had the like same you stop thought. getting calls if you are obviously faking the entire time and then belly aching then yerson mascara is in deep shit yeah. going forward <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, he, was again. Little, he was a little annoying this game. <laughs> those are those are his little tricks. Yes, right. Yeah. I I do like the idea of more yellow cards for simulation, and even if Arius clipped him, to act like you've been shot in the foot is I think worthy a yellow card too. Like. Can we just move on? Like, it's okay. You can you can be tackled and we move on and we all don't need to pretend like it's this great big thing. But then it's, of course, one of the things of then why this incident, like why this moment, uh, why this player. And sure, he had been he had been doing, you know, his own fair share of simulation. But yeah, who who amongst us hasn't? And yeah, I don't know. I'd like to see more of it. Weird moment. It went our way. This is why, Chief, I do think they, they do take it away is heel is suspended now uh for the next game so i wonder if they want to keep him happy as a uh, make good for not putting him on the all-star team or just that like you know everything is rigged and they don't want the supporters shield race to get too out of hand <laughs> taylor twelman will complain to the right people and it'll it'll get cleaned up nice and easy for him now having have, having said said that um there was this headline that i Please. saw this was in um Broadcasting and Cable Magazine. Ego brews. Twelman forced to deal with being the second most important tailor in Cincinnati on Saturday night. Nice. <laughs> he, um, so I actually did watch the game on the television because, again, I wasn't at this. Very complimentary of FC Cincinnati, which I was shocked about. Um, very much not in the bag for New England, which was also shocking. Referred mm. to Yerson Mascara as one of the three best defenders in all of MLS and considered it the best signing of the offseason. Um, brand new, a brand new Taylor turning over a new leaf, kissing up to the best team in the league, it turns out. All, all it took was hiring four or five of his former teammates and coaches, and now he's on our team. <laughs> <laughs> I saw oh. they also they also attempted to suck up to him by putting a uh, printing his own jersey for him. So he was gifted a FC Cincinnati number 20 jersey in the pregame. I did see that as one of my 800 tweets before I got cut off. <laughs> Have we done that for other commentators? Like that was my question because I have I not seen us I do that not. for anybody. Like Kalen Carr was a longtime MLS player, and he's commentated at least a couple of games for us. I don't think we gave him a jersey. Oh well, I guess he's officially is is Twelman officially the A team for Apple, and so maybe that's what's happening there i assume so it was also far and away like i hate to give 12 minutes credit but it was far and away the best broadcast we've had by a mile in that 
at least the two of them understood that you can lay out from time to time when talking. You don't need to have an incessant vocal track going over the game at all times, which was a really, really nice change of pace. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I have not gotten back to rewatch it yet, but I'm looking forward to it. How was the play-by-play guy? I don't know if I've seen him before. Very good. Again, like sense of time and place, ability to lay out, doesn't need to be talking the entire time. It was, if that was what all MLS broadcasts were on Apple TV, I wouldn't have a single complaint. But sadly, they're not. It gets so much worse than that. Yeah. Um, well, the game ends 2-2. A, uh, a disappointing draw, but I guess, I don't know. Given anything that happened and the guys were missing, sure, you'll take it. Uh, this actually did allow for Nashville to leapfrog New England to second place. Uh, we still have a six-point lead and a game in hand on Nashville. Uh, we do not have a game in hand on New England, just so we have that all out there. Um, and we have Charlotte uh, next week, which we'll do a preview later this week, but they are uh, outside of the playoff spots. Yeah, feeling pretty good about all of this. Uh, by the time we play Nashville, we should have Bupenza in the team. I don't, I don't know. Grayson, what are you, how are we feeling about this team through the end of the Gold Cup right now? I think that if they manage to hold on to a supporter shield lead through the end of the gold cup. I'll feel really, really good about their chances to take the supporter shield. Um, some of the results this weekend didn't really go our way. Um, but like LA lost. Yeah. Again, which was helpful. Um, it really does look like the most likely contenders are Nashville and new England. Fortunately, we have a game in hand currently on Nashville. Um, I, I guess we'll have to look how the week goes because theoretically, Bupenza is in Cincinnati today. Um, I haven't seen anybody confirm that that happened, but that's what had been reported was that he was going to come in on Sunday and the window opens Wednesday. So, Technically, you could have him part of the active roster for the game against Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. which would be awesome. And the, the point, even if he's not starting, yeah. the point Twelman made on the broadcast, which I think is is salient here, is that okay? You just took New England to a two-two draw at home. Ideally, you'd want to be winning your home games, but imagine these two teams meet up again in the playoffs how much more different FC Cincinnati will look in that game. You'll be talking about having Bupenza and Vasquez up top. So you're adding a DP, a Max Tam striker, a Max Tam defender in Matt Miazga, and one of the better, more competent midfielders, hopefully, in Junior Moreno being back in the lineup. So if you're just looking at this from the point of view of what does this FC Cincinnati team look like now treading water versus what is this team going to look like when all the pieces get back? That's the equivalent of three, four massive additions that weren't present in this game. And this team still played outplayed, I think, 
um, New England here at home. So yeah, you got to feel good. You don't like drawing at home, but it is what it is with the way the roster is right now, and the reinforcements are on the way. Yeah. I mean, hell, even a healthy Ian Murphy, or not healthy, a non-suspended Ian Murphy in this game probably would have been the difference here. Um, yeah, I loved this. If if New England is, and I, I do actually think it's Nashville, but if New England is our, our best challenger this season, I love how the rest of the season is going to go. Everybody should theoretically be worse than that. And we handled that team very well uh, on not our best day. And yeah, I mean, the draw is disappointing, but you, you'd love to see that. And yeah, uh, Grayson, to expand that out just a little bit, not too far off. I'd say still in the ballpark. You've got St. Louis Columbus crew in Philadelphia Union. It was losing at the moment uh, while we're recording this. Um, yeah. I really don't want Hell is Real to have any more meaning than it already has. So if we could just keep that team down, that would be real nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, they play again on Tuesday. Okay. Um, a number of teams play on Tuesday. I'm not really sure. Maybe they're trying to start some MLS 4th of July thing. I don't know. I assume it's all like build up to the Rose Bowl game. Because they finally got that rescheduled. Hmm. So, Maybe, yeah. There's five total games on Tuesday. Hmm. Thank God we're not playing one of those. Christ, that'd be miserable. That kind of a turnaround. And there's a game Wednesday in New York City and Charlotte. Damn. A lot of soccer this week. Trying to squeeze it all in before the League's Cup kicks off. Um, yeah. Which, which uh, obligatory. Fuck, fuck the League's Cup. All my homies hate the League's Cup. <laughs> but more to come from us on the League's Cup. TBD, watch the space. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll hate it. In con new con content is king, I guess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just we'll wish the League's it. Cup was during the Gold Cup. Yes. I Do we want to... No, I don't know. We, we've, we've gone long enough on this. I, I will say... I like the idea of the Gold Cup and League's Cup going at the same time. I also would like them to move to a January tournament in every four years. Play it during the African Cup of Nations uh, tournament. I think that would work out really, really well. It doesn't interrupt the domestic leagues there. The players in Europe are already being released for the African Cup of Nations anyway, so it shouldn't dramatically hurt Mexican and American players' value uh, in Europe. And, yeah, we don't have to deal with this during our season. This is our federation. We get to make the rules. Can we not have this happen? Yeah, um, it just annoys me that Miazga and Vasquez most likely are not going to play a league game until August 20. Yeah. Right. And that they're going to be, they'll miss our top games against our top two rivals for the supporters shield. The supporters shield could be decided on the fact that Matt Miazga and Brandon Vasquez, this is already a game that was decided by the fact that Matt Miazga wasn't in the lineup straight up. Um, mm -hmm. And if this ends up turning, turning down to one or two points, that's going to be really, really, tough to swallow um i did find one final headline this was a post-game headline on this um on this one this came from uh pat brennan our friend at the cincinnati inquirer it was a real wall shaker 
A contented Bruce Arena describes finally being able to fart after spending entire match in gassy discomfort. <laughs> he does look miserable at all times. <laughs> he, he, he looks bloated. Like there's something wrong digestively with the man at all times. He just got this look on like he looks like the before in a commercial for a new acid reflux pill or like a gas and bloating pill. And then afterwards, he's smiling and playing with his kids out on the swing set. <laughs> oh, man. Well, God love you, Bruce. I was talking to my cousin about this uh, before the game as well. It's like he's had such a weird career. It's just wild that he's just on the sidelines against FCC, our little Cincinnati team, given what he means to U.S. soccer and good or bad ups and downs. It's just still wild that he's out there coaching and uh, coaching in Cincinnati. He's basically I, the messy of coaching. So. And when I say, you know, the after is playing with his kids on the swing set, it's him pushing Kenny Arena on a yeah. swing. It's very, <laughs> yeah. it's adorable. <laughs> a big old tire swing. <laughs> Oh, my God. Well, is there anything else from this game or even macro level that we want to talk about dissect? I mean, we won every single top line stat. We won the XG battle. We won possession. Oh, I've got one for you. I was the only person to boo Omar Gonzalez, I think, in the entire stadium. And I'd like to shame everybody who did not boo. I can't believe I need to even remind people this. We needed to not lose to Trinidad and Tobago to make the 2018 World Cup. In that game, Omar Gonzalez scores a horrific own goal against the United States. We do not qualify for the World Cup. Everything else aside, he should be have been getting the Michael Bradley Josie Altador treatment all these years. Why is he not the one being incessantly booed by American fans? What, what am I missing? Two two things. One is he he does he like kind of keeps his mouth shut. That's helpful. And two, <laughs> he's not he's not relevant. And he hasn't been relevant to like right. anything. Right now, now, basically since 2018. <laughs> right. No, it's, it's that it's that old saying, the opposite of love isn't hate, it's indifference. I am indifferent <laughs> to Omar Gonzalez. My uh my wife saw the because we were sitting in a different section than normal and it was really close to where the New England fans were warming up. New England players were warming mm -hmm. up. And my wife was like kind of amused by the fact that like Omar Gonzalez was there. Not not him specifically, but a like 35-year-old man was warming up and then a like child <laughs> was warming up next to him. Yes. And she was looking up the players and she's like, yeah, that guy's 35 and that guy's 18. Imagine you're like 18 years old and you have the same job as a 35 year old. <laughs> and uh, I was like, I explained, you know, who Omar, who Omar uh, Gonzalez was. The way I explained it was like, yeah, he used to be kind of a main player for the national team, but he's been basically dead, dead weight on MLS rosters for the last five years. 
Yeah, that's then, that's probably fair. And then afterwards, did you explain to her who Stephen Jimenez was? And imagine being a 15 year old and having the same job. <laughs> I did tell her. I was like, you know, we've got a 16 year old on our team. I'm sorry. And then 16. she asked about she asked about child labor laws, and I was like, I. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know the answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can bag groceries at Kroger. You can, but like not I mean, after hell. nine p.m. So I don't know how the game times work. <laughs> I mean, hell, the Olsen twins worked so much when they were kids. There was like websites counting down to the when they turned eighteen. Oh, jeez, yeah, that's <laughs> why they were counting down to when they turned <laughs> eighteen. <laughs> yeah, because that's not they were, like Kid they were... Rock was counting down till they were turning eighteen. <laughs> it was just just because people were excited they finally could work as much as they wanted without child labor law violations. Obviously, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's that's exactly okay. the case. Because it would otherwise that would be kind of gross. I don't want to think that. We don't we don't want to dwell on these things, Chief. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think too, uh, Grayson. This, I feel like Omar Gonzalez. I I could very well be wrong here. Please correct me. Is he not the origin of the Max Tam contract? There was like a lot of controversy around. Uh, LA Galaxy wanted to retain him, but not make him a DP, and so they created this like new thing that he could slot into where they could keep their designated player slots and also Omar Gonzalez. I think he's the origin of that. Um, That's possible. I do know that it, I do know that he's been a DP. Yeah. That he yeah. was at one point a, a DP center back, so which is crazy to think about. Right. If you've watched him play, <laughs> you know, anytime, any recent year. Uh, also worth pointing out, uh, the folks that harshly criticized the Nick Haglund to FCC deal in 2019 uh, pointed to Omar Gonzalez as being one of the available center backs that FCC should have gotten instead. So, all right, I think that's going to do enough for this. Uh, let's jump over to part two where we got a little bit of a grab bag. Uh, we'll talk Brenner, we'll talk 4th of July, and then we'll get out of here. All right, we're back, and folks, we have a player officially kind of sort of thanking the fans. Chief, Brenner posted a video. What do we no, think? No, no, Brenner's oh, agent sorry. posted a video <laughs> on behalf of Brenner. Let's be clear, because as far as I'm concerned, this means Brenner has never officially thanked the fans. His agent <laughs> has thanked the fans on his behalf, but Brenner has not thanked the fans. What is more Brenner than a thank you being communicated via his agent? Huh? I mean, isn't that how all things Brenner should be communicated? <laughs> yeah, it is how all things Brenner uh, should be communicated. It's how all things Brenner have been communicated. Um, I think I think an agent thanking the fans counts. Agents tend to have the power to bind the principal. So the 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 acts of an agent are imputed to the principal. So I think that. It's fair to say Brenner has thanked the fans. But like he, what I don't understand is why wouldn't the agent just get Brenner's social and pretend to be Brenner thanking the fans? Why did it have to be Brenner's agent on behalf of Brenner? Why not again engage me in the lie? 
that he actually cares. That's your job as an agent, right? Maybe uh, Brenner had already reached his tweet threshold for the day. And so his agent <laughs> needed to sign in the account. That account doesn't get used as often. So they they had bandwidth to post the video. I don't know. Ten million dollar transfer fee and Brenner can't afford Twitter blue. Come on, bro. It's so cheap. <laughs> it's amazing that uh, Elon doesn't just give it to every every soccer player worth north of ten million dollars. So oh, I, I have this I have this theory that I'm working on and I want your guys' take on this. Okay. So I think that all players who are FC Cincinnati players who apologize to or who thank the fan base, not apologize. Okay. Thank the fan base when they leave. That should then qualify you to eventually be invited back at a certain date to pull the sword mm. in the pregame ceremony. So that makes Frankie ineligible because he never thanked the fans. Brenner is eligible. Is Brenner worthy of being invited back at some point to pull the sword? I don't think so. I, I let's say this: not for the next ten years. Worthy? Yes. Would would anybody particularly enjoy it? I probably. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, like I, I. It doesn't get me excited. To see Brenner pull the sword, but I think that his his accomplishments with the team are worth you know recognizing. I think there's a lot of I think a lot of people are delusional about Brenner on like kind of both sides of it. You know, like people just focus on one thing or the other, and the other thing doesn't count. Yeah, but like. So yeah, I mean, if he, if he if they brought him back to pull the sword, I'd be like, yeah, like he had a really nice season or half season for us, and um, you know, set our our outgoing transfer record. Everyone knows him. He's got some cool highlights, which we saw on his post. <laughs> um, but like, is he somebody who I would say like we need to like if I was making a list. Would I put Brenner on it? Probably, probably not. Yeah, I'm already, I'm already starting to get kind of like you know, chills at the idea of, of Alvaro Barrial having a successful run over in Europe and then him coming back to do it because he very much feels like someone that's one of one of ours that we sort of saw through in the development years. Brenner, yeah. I just, I don't, I don't know, but like, I, I now believe that this is my way that I'm going to rate players going forward is are they, <laughs> are they sword worthy? Are they, were you a sword worthy play? Did you, you know, I know Jonah would say earn the C like, you know, are you worthy of pulling the sword out? I almost, I almost want someone to invent like some magical thing that like, you know how like captain America's uh, or Thor's hammer will only be picked up by the worthy. <laughs> I, I want the sword, the FC Cincinnati sword, to have that same sort of thing where players get invited <laughs> back and there's a genuine moment of suspense as to whether or not they are worthy to pull the sword. And like, you know, Brenner gets out on the field and the sword, he tugs and it doesn't come up. And it's like this moment where it's like, oh, 
Oh, we shouldn't have invited him back. The sword did not judge him as worthy. <laughs> I think I think you do it. Uh, you have uh, everybody download the official app, right? That's how you do this. And there's a live poll right right before the game. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to get enough thumbs ups to be able to pull the sword. <laughs> I, so on the face of it, Grayson, yes, he is deserving of a sword pull. However, this front office will not be inviting him back we will need a changeover of front office before he is invited back what about i I will say this there should be not every time but more open-mindedness for polarizing sword pullers like it's it was pretty funny that people were booing Sean Miller. It was a hearty like, boo. It's kind of an insane thing to do <laughs> if you think yeah. about it. But like that, it's cool though. That the and they had to. There's no way. It's I, there's. They have to have anticipated that some people would be booing Sean Miller. Why would you he, boo Sean Miller? All he does is win. I'm sorry that your school can't win. I'm sorry that you've lost eight out of ten crosstown shootouts. That's not I didn't Sean's lost a single fault. crosstown shootout. I, I know not you. I'm talking to um, the people out there booing this man who is yeah, accomplished. If Caleb Porter came out and pulled the sword, you'd boo him. Yeah, but like, like it's not. It's a completely. It's Colum- That's Columbus. That's different. He's the villain here. Xavier, do Xavier coaches and players get booed at like Reds games for first pitches? I don't think so. I don't think so. Like, like that I'm was sorry. a pretty, that was an established boo. I I'm think. sorry. I'm sorry. He doesn't have the credentials to coach at UC, which apparently include openly supporting sedition against the United States government in your post-coaching career. I mean, no <laughs> Xavier coaches have done that. Hey, the Senate is a very highly esteemed office. It takes quite a bit to get there. And <laughs> if you see helped him along the way, so be it. We've we've placed this is always my favorite. Presidents and Supreme Court chief justices. And please don't look into that that's one person. Um, I, I think that there's a number of fans of FC Cincinnati and UC who uh would agree with you that there's no problem with supporting <laughs> sedition against the United States government. <laughs> a lot of them were always booing Sean Miller that's on, on Saturday. That's, that, that, that's a problem. Oh, I don't know how this. Oh, this came up in on Facebook the other day. You know how they do those Facebook anniversary things? Apparently yesterday or over the weekend was the anniversary of FC Cincinnati banning Dave Flexner from games <laughs> for the rest of time. Because the story Aww. popped up on this date. It was uh, FC Cincinnati fan banned from stadium. And I was like, well, I'm absolutely clicking this story. <laughs> Man, good good moment for the team doing the right thing. Sorry, let me just make sure I phrase that properly. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, bad bad moment for Dave Flexner, tell you that much. Hopefully he's, he's learned and, and reflected on that. Um, also, you might find Twitter a more welcoming space these days. I don't know. Big Tommy um, Tuberville fan. Yeah, I, I would exactly. normally say we should be cautious about calling out specific fans by name on this podcast, but I can guarantee you that if there is a podcast he listens to, it's not this one. No. <laughs> God, I'd hope. And not. you know what? If you do, Dave Flexner, if you are listening to this podcast, consider yourself banned. Yeah. Delete the app off your phone. You're not allowed to listen to the show anymore. And All by right, any Dave? means, do not put the post Cincy 
uh, in your checkout code uh, when you no. buy your next yes. shirt from Cincy Shirts. You were not do allowed. not do that. Everybody else, yeah, yeah you, do that. You're Everybody fine. else use the promo code. Dave Flexer, you're banned from using the promo code too. <laughs> like, should probably reach out to Cincy Shirts and actually tell them if <laughs> if, if a Dave Flexer checks out. I want you to ask him. If they Charge that anything. man full price, <laughs> right? Yeah. In fact, double it. <laughs> I, I'm tempted to extend it to the entire Flexner clan. Um, <laughs> oh my god, uh, Chief! Do we want to get out of here? Or do you got anything else for us? It just what are you guys doing for the Fourth of July? What are we doing here? Fourth of July, going to go to parades with the kids. That's my that's my thing. Big like Anderson get, parade guy. Try Mount Washington. I'm more of a more partial Mount Washington, but uh, yeah, try to get candy chucked at us. It's always it's always a good time. You hate America. What are you doing on the Fourth of July? Uh, well, I'm doing Fourth of July festivities as soon as we get off this podcast, whenever that is. But uh, <laughs> um, but no, on the fourth, I'm gonna try to rehang a uh, iron gate that that came off at our at our house. Oh no, <laughs> um, it's pretty heavy. So yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what 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 I can put together. Was that iron uh, gate put up to stop the hordes of Tay Tay fans from overrunning your abode in the over the Rhine area? Um, it was to keep. People in our Discord just away from my property. (laughs) (laughs) A heavy iron gate is very useful for that. That's a good choice. True man of the the people, Grayson. Chief, what are you getting up to this holiday weekend? I'm going to, I'm doing a cookout. Everybody loves a good 4th of July cookout. So we're going to keep doing that. Did make uh, me think. Did make me think. Did make me wonder. I'm going to ask the two of you this. This is what we're going to end on for the thing. Uh, we haven't done this segment in a while. Your three DPs. Give me your three DPs of your Fourth of July cookout. What do you got to have on there? What are you paying above the max tam budget to make sure it's present at your event? Uh, a good playlist. I need burgers and I need. Cheap beer. This is not a. This is not a holiday to uh, to to go fancy on your beer. You give me those three things, it'll be an enjoyable cookout. And I need the cheap beer that you're buying. What is it? Uh, at this moment, probably Tecate. I like to cycle through my Mexican light lagers. Um, but yeah, there you go. That's drinking a Mexican beer on the Fourth of July. That's progressive. I approve of that. Grace, I like it to be a little you're, ironic. <laughs> your three three DPs. What are we doing? Uh, I mean. Watermelon. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You can you can grill that. You can put some feta and mint in it. You can put some tahini on that. Just it's very, very versatile. Um I like I like a good sausage. Um Ooh. maybe like from Averill's or from one of the vendors at Finley Market. Um get a big a big variety. Just throw them up on the grill and everybody kind of have at it. Um and this year, probably like a, maybe like a nice, like skin contact orange wine or one of those chilled fizzy reds, something that's like good for drinking outside. But um, you have to explain to your, your uncle what it is. <laughs> and, then, and then he, and then he says, oh, you're drinking wine, huh? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to go with number one is, is a quality bun. I think that mm. no matter what you're grilling, burgers or hot dogs, don't go cheap on the buns. There's nothing worse than going to a cookout and it's just your plain ass Kroger brand um, buns that are just, they're, they're awful. They're crushed. They suck. Go downtown to Finley Market, go to M's, get yourself some good actual buns to put your grilling on. Um, don't be that guy. Number two, number two is the box of Grippos. I, oh. I don't want bags of chips. I want the Grippos that come in the cardboard box. Every grill out, every cookout should have that. Third thing, final thing is the uh, deck or the porch TV. Having the outdoor TV at the cookout, get the extension cord out. I went down to Target and I bought a throwdown TV just to haul outside, like one of those $100 Vizio type things. I don't care if it gets rained on, I don't care if it gets knocked over, but being able to have the ball game on or shit, there's all these MLS games being played, throw a little soccer on. Um, if I had a fourth DP, the messy DP, it would be uh, some Bush Light. Nice. Nice, easy, crushable drinking beer. But yeah, that's... That's how you make a tail. That's how you make a, a cookout as far as I'm concerned. And if you <laughs> are right. buying buns from Kroger, look at the back. Some of these buns have a staggering amount of like added sugar. Yeah. It's insane. You don't need it. You don't and need it. High no. fructose corn syrup will be like the second ingredient listed. Like what the fuck? And what if are you if, putting in this? Right. And so if you are going to, you know, you're going to splurge, you're going to do that. Don't get the hoagie roll at the very at the bare minimum. Don't get a hot dog bun. Get the hoagie roll or go go get real bread somewhere for your your for your cookout. It, it nothing ruins it faster than a disappointing and just sad bun that you're putting your food on. Also, a uh, box of grippos. If you go to the factory, they have the extra spicy, extra hot boxes. That's how you do it. Yeah. And then save the bottom. Whenever you're done with all the extra the Grippo's dust, goes great on anything. Uh, you do a little yes. Mexican street corn with the Grippo's dust on top of it. You'll thank me later. It's phenomenal. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, there we do. That, that my friends, is a postcast. Chief, get us out of here quick. Happy birthday, America. Buck Columbus. All of the music in this podcast was done by Jim Trace and the Makers, an amazing local Cincinnati band. You can find more information about them in the description of this episode. Also, be sure to check out The Post Cincy at thepostcincy.com. That's where we're posting our written content. You'll find a wide range of content there posted regularly. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcast app, or better yet, share this episode with a friend, a family member, a fellow FC Cincinnati fan, somebody you think might enjoy this content, please send it on over uh, to them. We would really, really appreciate that. And if you haven't done so already, we do have a Discord server. Feel free to drop in and join the conversation happening there. Again, links to that can be found on the website or in the description of this episode. Thank you so much for listening.